0: Hello there. I'm Kevin, a.k.a.
1: Toying Around.
2: I'm Yoko, also known as Live and Love you to Yoko.
1: Hey, I'm Paulie from Bitter Asian Dude Inc. I'm Ernie, also known as the one and only Fallen Fett. We're four friends chatting about our love for Star Wars,
0: toy collecting, and pop culture. You're listening to the Boba Squadron Podcast. Are
1: we going to start? Yes, this is it. Do hey, you have like time to go to the bathroom? Oh, come on. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I
0: told Let's you start. to go, Let's go before
1: we got Old into the car. bladder. Let's go. go. Just go. <laughs> no, no. I was just kidding. I don't have to go. Hey, everybody who's tuning in out there, listening in podcasting worlds on whatever platform, Audible, Spotify, Apple, whatever. <laughs> We're not on Audible? <laughs> no, it's, uh. I don't know. I just, just, I'm making it up. Audible. It sounds like something that you should be listening to podcasts on. Anyways, welcome to episode six of <laughs> Boba Squadron. We're here minus... Ernie Villarreal, who is a probationary prospect. He's got better things to do, but joining us here today, we, of course, have uh, Kevin from Toying Around. We've got Yoko from Living La Vida, Yoko. And I am Paul Sun-Hyung Lee welcoming you to this new podcast, Episode 6, where we discuss a bunch of nerdy things, including Star Wars toys and pop culture. So welcome to our podcast.
0: Well, this is going to come out Monday, April twenty fifth, which is not, which is like a month away from Star Wars Celebration, yes. and that's going to make it very awkward when you Yoko, and Ernie mm-hmm. hang out there, uh, when you meet up in person. It's
2: I'm like... actually going to meet up with Ernie in like, just over a week from the twenty fifth.
1: You're doing the May, May the Fourth.
2: No. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: Get me a lightsaber. Okay. Um, Ernie's got to get me a lightsaber. I'll pay okay. back. I, <laughs> want the Cal-Cestis, I want the Cal oh, lightsaber yeah. if they're available. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to get it otherwise. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Get me that lightsaber.
0: Are those not available on Shop Disney? Because no. other lightsabers are, right?
2: They've had a couple go up there, but that was during COVID, you know, peak of COVID times when they had just reopened, and I think they were eager to Make Move some Dallas, by. yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? Like may, maybe May the Fourth, I'll put some stuff up again. But um, no, I was just like, "Ooh, is that a fun excuse for me to go drive up to Vancouver if I if I get you the lightsaber and then I have to drive Ooh. it up?"
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So you're gonna go down border. to Cali, and yeah, then back and then drive up to Vancouver. That's maybe awesome. not
2: immediately, but yeah, <laughs> maybe not immediately.
1: I've I have a spare bedroom. <laughs> bedroom, yeah. spare bedroom. i got a, a yoda statue who will stand guard outside oh of your bedroom. it scared the crap out of my kid it's like no why why is he there it's like yeah
0: it's not an actual bed though it's actually a series of hot toys boxes with a bed sheet oh over it so if anyone looks in like his wife it's like oh it's been cleverly disguised
1: <laughs> no. that's
2: that's a that's a great idea
1: Full disclosure, the majority of the Hot Toys have been brought back to Toronto.
3: Mm. I had
1: three suitcases that I brought back on my last visit back home, filled with Hot Toys. I do have three more boxes that need to be shipped back, um, that I'm I'm going to be shipping back. But I am seriously really concerned that I don't have uh, enough space to bring bring all the stuff back. Because West Coast Stash House was packed. Packed with... With some really, really go- cool stuff. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, one of those things. I actually brought back an extra suitcase that was inside a suitcase. Mm. So I did the whole Russian doll nesting thing. And what I didn't realize was the suitcase that I put inside the suitcase had another suitcase in it. <laughs> so now Perfect. I have like four suitcases. Like, oh God, what have I wow. done? Yeah, so I have, I mean, really... <laughs> enough space but i i still i don't think
2: it's enough sorry. it's like you how gotta long... sneak in one more trip home huh I'm sorry anna <laughs>
0: sorry. how long have you been out there paul that you've amassed this collection
1: that's none of your business kevin no uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've been out here since really since january so january february march april four months that's enough time especially if you're you know, hey, I have a YouTube channel. I have stuff that I need to, to unbox. That's don't judge me, man. Don't judge me. I'm not, I, I do the same thing. I think,
0: I think a major and really interesting part of last week's episode was uh, Paul, the talk about um, the purge and going through oh. a lot of the stuff that you're getting into getting out of, yeah, um, which yeah. organically leads into hey, what kind of new stuff did we get recently? because Yoko got some cool stuff and that led into a conversation of uh, black series and and certain lines and and kind of Marie Kondoing your collection does this bring me joy or am I just holding on to it uh, but first off Yoko what did you get this week
2: I I had some black series pre-orders come in but I think I don't know maybe we're earlier than expected originally but I unboxed these and I have reboxed them cuz I don't have anywhere to display them for now so I didn't want to lose anything, you know? So I put them back in their boxes. But mm-hmm. I got the um, the Mandalorian Ahsoka, which looks amazing. She looks great. And Is that I got- a deluxe
1: figure? Is that considered a deluxe? Nope. No. Not, not at this the time. The box looks really wide for whatever reason.
2: Well, you know, they say the camera has 10 pounds.
1: This was not meant to comment on Rosario Dawson's look <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> it looked like a deluxe box online. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hold on.
0: Let me write down this clickbait title.
1: Oh, Sun Young Lee confirms. Virial Dawson looked heavy. Stop. Good Lord. The box looked bigger. It looked like a deluxe. I mean,
2: it's been happening.
0: You're just digging. You just keep digging, Paul. All right. And you got? This is Echo. Echo. I
2: I have not opened him yet. He just came today. Sweet. I was telling Kevin, I hit the delivery Yahtzee today. I had deliveries from USPS, UPS, FedEx, Amazon, and, like, a local courier <laughs> all today.
0: Nice. And only
2: one toy. Only one toy in all those package packages.
0: I've never played Yahtzee. Can we just go with, like, you you hit for the cycle? You know, okay. you had one of everything? I hit or the delivery.
2: So- yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: a Grand Slam. Looks.
2: I guess I was missing, like, a DHL in there, but... It was like five different delivery services, I thought. I feel like maybe many times I've hit four out of five, but to hit five felt kind of ridiculous. And then finally? Finally, Omega Omega. without a hat. Does she have a hat? She does not have a hat. However, she does have a gas mask. Gas mask. Wow.
0: Paul, um, how do you feel about these two or those uh, Echo and Tech?
1: Well,
2: no, here's Beck a
0: thing.
1: And, uh, and Omega and, Omega.
2: and Echo. Echo and Omega. Echo
1: and Omega. Um, yeah, those are those are the last two Black Series that I'm really kind of like. All right, these are the ones I need. Then I finish my Bad Batch collection, like I- in terms of that. Because oh, oh, and here's the other story. Because remember, I said I, I'm because I'm purging my Black Series. I got to make room for all the hot toys and like the one six scale vehicles, really. Sorry, Anna. Um, and so all the Black Series stuff that's going out, I was looking at it and went, "Oh, okay, yeah." And for whatever reason, I had like two of each of the Black uh, of the Bad Batch, which is fine. But I had like four wreckers. It's like, why do I have four of these? And then I realized too, I have four techs because I found another stash of like Black Series figures in a shelf behind all my lightsabers. I was like what is this what what it <gasps> and they were like so i had like four texts as well so it's like okay kind of went ham on I, that I, and so I now just bought I, just, one. I know <laughs> oh man i could have given you one for free uh so omega and and eco and then i've got the black series and it's done and that's finished but then it, it there was that discussion that we had last week of like do you will you miss it once it's gone Like, you miss it when it's in hand. You look at it and go, oh, I'm going to miss this. But once it's gone, out of sight, out of mind. And I'm wondering now if it is really prudent then to just sell all my Black Series and just get rid of it. Because there were more more figures that I wanted to keep than I wanted to sell. To be honest, there were doubles. There were triples. (laughs) There were (laughs) quadruples. I, I will admit to that. I'm sorry, Anna.
2: And you, you I, start with those, though, right? Like yeah. You start oh, yeah, with- absolutely. But yeah. then
1: there's that, 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 that little voice in the collector part of me is like, yeah, but you know what? You bought one to open, one to keep, one to sign, one to flip. It, it's just that stupid mentality where, you know, you, you kind of go, well, I could I could make money off of this, like, 20 years down the line. Maybe this would become super rare. And it doesn't. It really doesn't. So, that's why I've, I've had this debate. It's like, get rid of them. Just go. And the other thing, too, is for the majority of the Black Series figures that I want to keep, they have the Hot Toys versions up, which are far superior, to be honest, just in detail in all this stuff. So it's like, well, why am I holding on to the 16-inch version of this character when I have the 12-inch? And so I think that's that's a big thing. So now it becomes a question of, well, how much do I want to get back? How much do I want to recoup this this loss? Do I take it to Treehouse Collectibles and just take a percentage back of what I could get, or do I put in the work and try to you know put them up on eBay and try to get at least retail back on these figures? right? And so it's right. like, what's my time worth? Is it and worth you, it time is
2: worth to- time is worth something, you know yeah.
1: But there's that yeah. like greedy, lazy part of me that's like, but you spent this much, this much money on it.
2: Okay, I'm going to try to God, help, yeah, help, you, to help you out here. To me, this is like the one thing I took out of like accounting classes in college was the concept of sunk costs, and like that's money you've already spent. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't you don't have that money anymore. You have toys mm-hmm. instead. So whatever you get back for those toys is profit because. <laughs> you- Okay, because the money's All already profit. spent; it's already gone, right? Yeah. So but if it, it, if if time is money, and you know, you yeah. don't want to spend the time dealing with selling things individually and packing them and shipping them and dealing with possible shipping issues and and True jerks enough. on the other side who try to True scam enough. you and stuff like that, like to me, when I sold a um, huge part of a former collection I had, I went that route, and I had two uh, shops basically take. All my collection for 40 50 percent of the right. value you know they gave me a little bit more of a friend friend deal in that in this yeah. situation um so i think i got 50 but still just to be done with it in one step and get it out and get that cash yeah. felt great
1: yeah and i think that's that's the way to go really yeah. at the end of the day yeah it's that part though it's human nature though it's that little part that goes well you should at least get your money back right. It, right 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 that it, and it's just like I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's it's my Sun parents.
2: Maybe cost, some costs.
1: Yeah, and then but then there's that point. There's that part of me is like, you know what? Just put it in storage. Yeah. <laughs> storage. Yeah. Spend that fifty bucks a month or whatever.
2: <laughs> Spend more money. <laughs> Spend
1: yeah, because like money. who knows? Maybe in like twenty years, <laughs> and then you go okay, fifty times twelve times 20 is how much money so how much am i going to get back because really the reality is we look at some of the kenner the vintage toys from the 80s from the 70s when you know and and we go well it's worth this much now but the reality is the shit that's being pumped out now as lovely as it is Mm -hmm. really is never going to reach that level of return just because it is so mass-produced, and everybody yep. has it in their mind that if I buy like five of these, uh you know, records, they'll become <laughs> super rare in twenty years time, and they're
2: not. They plus, are not. people. Plus, there's more people keeping them, and that's exactly mined, it. right. And everybody's yeah.
1: trying to cash in on that. So yeah, it's like, yeah. The is, and I think for a lot of new collectors, and I think for a lot of collectors now, like e- even older collectors, is the realization that. You're never going to get that vintage Star Wars return. Yeah. That tens right. of thousands of dollars for the Boba Fett that shoots the, the the missile out of his. But you're never mm-hmm. going to get that. You're never going to get that $2,000 Jawa figure with the, the vinyl cape. You're not going to get that. But we hold on to that as collectors for whatever reason because,
3: mm-hmm.
1: well, it's possible. But I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think the best way to go is... Here's a shit ton of my stuff. Go to, go to a collectible store, like a, a store, and say, what can you give me for this? And if they make yeah. profit on it, awesome. But then they have to put in the time to sell that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, and yeah. yeah. but you're you right. don't have to. I yeah, don't that's- have to do that. Yeah. So it's like, I get, you're right, it's profit. I get 50. 50- and the other benefit is I have more room for my, like, 1-6 scale stuff. And my yeah. wife won't murder me in my sleep.
2: And I I do want to back up. Like, I think that strategy works for someone who is already comfortable, like, living comfortably, right? Like, if you need to sell those toys because you need to pay your bills or something like that, maybe you go the extra effort to make every penny you can.
1: Yeah, and I will acknowledge it is a champagne problem. Like I've been very fortunate in in my life. Um, Really, TV money helps a lot. Uh, Not to say I haven't worked hard for my money and and this or that, but there is that whole... I am in a very fortunate situation where it's the, it's not like I'm selling it because I can't pay rent or I need to pay mortgage or buy food or whatnot. Like I get that, and I'm not. I I never mean to disparage anybody or or just like oh my god, what is me? I've got all these toys <laughs> and not a room. Like right, I get that. It is a champagne problem, but as a collector too, it's it is it's a reality as well. And it's not to say that I don't work like that's the thing i've never bought stuff at the expense of other things so like in lieu of rent i bought four wreckers and um you know we're not going to eat tonight but i have this stuff that maybe you know it's never been like that it's always been for me it's a luxury and i understand that like being able to afford to buy collectible things is a luxury but i've also worked very hard to be able to afford that and so there's that, that other element of it.
2: And my, and my my comment wasn't directed at you. I just didn't want the wrong person to take my advice oh, No, on no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I wasn't, I wasn't thinking you that know. as well. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. That, that's never how I take it. Yeah. But I will, like, I think the acknowledgement has to be there that, like, I'm very fortunate. Like, yeah. I went home and I was like, how many fucking hot toys do I have? And it was just like, one, two, three. When you like,
2: start doing that math, right? It's yeah. A yeah. Raining. It's, like, it's a little <laughs> frightening.
1: Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, And there are people who would, they're like, this is, it's a big deal. It's like, it's a huge deal to invest, to go to one six scale and to go, that's, that's like a significant amount of money. And it's like, yeah, it is. And I always say this, it's like hot toys, they're expensive. And I know I'm super fortunate to be able to, to be able to buy it and kind of go, yeah, it's not going to make a dent in, you know, my spending ability it's like this is i'm very fortunate for that and i try to acknowledge that too and i don't want to take it for for granted um but it is it's one of those things as well too though it's like but i do work really hard like i've worked 16 17 18 hour days i'm spending months away from my family i'm doing all these things and part of it is i need i want to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor and part of that is yeah i'll get that hot toy and yeah. maybe I'll pre-order it like three mm-hmm. times by accident. But I don't need so, yeah, to, no,
2: that yeah. we we need you to not do that with hot toys.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think uh in some of our positions and a lot of collectors, space, yeah, p- where to put your stuff is a hot commodity where you might take uh selling something for you know, like you said, 40%. Um, you know, you're still getting cash back, but you're clearing that space, and yeah. sometimes that might be worth worth it for the extra, yep. however, uh, percentage or the amount of effort that you put in. You know, if you're like me and you're going to suffocate mm-hmm. in boxes and drown in here, um, you know, it's more pertinent and time sensitive to get stuff out mm-hmm. and uh, just get that money, and you can mm-hmm. go enjoy some other stuff. I know. When did that.
2: you When did you want to become an actor? Then
1: whatever really did it was so funny it was just like i fell into it ass backwards like and it's funny because i was talking to ken Lung today about that uh and it was just like through high school and stuff like my parents never let me take to any like uh uh drama classes no acting none of this and so it was just not something that was possible you know it was asian parents you could be Four things in life, doctor, lawyer, teacher, engineer, or a failure. You choose, right? And so it wasn't the university. And I took it on a lark because it was just like, all right, what is it? Drama program. That sounds like fun. And so I, I, I auditioned for it and I got into the program. And then I fell in love with the craft of acting. And for me, it was just like, it was just intoxicating because I had no idea that acting was a craft. You know, it's just. Somebody with a huge dick just drove by. Did you hear that?
2: I totally yeah, I heard that. it.
1: Such a big dick. <laughs> wow. I wish my penis were that big. Um, <laughs> so it was just. It was, really was that that whole idea of when you discover a new world and you and it's something that you're really passionate. Suddenly you're passionate about. And like I went, I, I invest. Like when you know, I bought into it 100. percent. Wanted to learn the craft of acting, Mm -hmm. loved it, and uh, was so naive about the situation, like the the working conditions around that, because it was something that I thought, this is way, acting is way more than I thought it was. And I love what I'm learning, and I'm passionate about it, and I'm excited about it, and I want to invest my time in it. I want to do this a living. And you don't realize the whole fact that when you're at school, everything is hyper-idealized. Everybody gets cast in something. You all get a part and this and that. And yeah, you have certain uh, uh, people who are like, they're earmarked as the ingenue or the the leading men and stuff is kind of catered to them because they will be the stars of the future. Um, but, you know, you just, you love it. And then you get onto the real world and you're like, I'm not allowed to audition for this because of the color of my skin. Really? Oh, Okay, and then you find out, like, oh, the shit that you're allowed to audition for is, like, really, like, oh, these aren't really characters. They're caricatures. This is not, like, a person with an actual backstory. This serves to prop up the narrative for these other characters. And when you're relegated to that time after time after time, it becomes a little frustrating. But, like I said, I was always too stubborn and too stupid to quit. And I loved acting. So I kept it kept going at it right and so it was just like my big skill set was exposition I was very good at exposition a lot of times writers would kind of go oh shit we we need a way to explain all this stuff um in a really quick way because <laughs> we didn't write it so like they'll come up with a character who comes in barfs out all this background information and then leaves and that was me that's you look at my CV. That's all I fucking played with. Like doctors, lawyers, guys that came in, scientists, guys that came in, like set up the rest of what was going on, and then we're gone. And then Kim's Convenience came along. I got really lucky, and you know things have have turned the corner. And then this huge wave of, uh, you know, the Asian wave. You know, Kim's Convenience was there. There's fresh off the boat, and then crazy rich Asians. And then all of a sudden became in vogue. So it's like, oh my God, Asians can act. And like the reality was, Asian led projects could make money. And right. That's, right. that's really what it was. It's altruistic. American all money. Yeah. Are, yeah. That as, as soon as that happened, you're like, oh, it's profitable. Oh, suddenly it was like, oh, let's be diverse. Let's be this, let's be that. And hey, you know what? At the end of the day, I go, it doesn't matter how it happens. It's like, what do you do with that opportunity once it does happen? How do you take something that's trendy and turn it into a movement? And you do excellent work. And that's the mm. thing. And I think now it's become more than just crazy occasions. It really is. There's undeniable talent that is out there. Um, and you look at that talent, you kind of go, suddenly it's like, Oh, okay. Like all of a sudden it's like Sandra. Oh yeah. She was always huge always. But now it's like, she gets a leading role in killing Eve. And it's like, Oh my God, she's so talented. It's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Of course she is. Of course she's talented. She's been doing this for decades and all these other people. And then finally like a community finding their voice and people being able to do things and carry that narrative. Wow, that's a golden age. That's the golden age. So all that sort of stemmed from, you know, it just really and, and I've been lucky to be on that wave, to, to ride that crest and to to help prop open a few doors, I'd like to think. Um, but I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate and I've, I've benefited from my stubbornness and stupidity. And <laughs> I just never gave up. No, seriously, seriously. Yeah. If you were to pick from my, my class, acting class, first year acting class university, I would, I guarantee you, nobody would have picked me to still be working all these years later. And really? here I am. So I, that, I, I take that with me. I take that with me. I carry that with me. And so I never take it for granted when I get to do Star Wars, when I get to be on Avatar, when I get to do collect, you know, do all these different things, be, you know, be on this podcast. Asked to be guests on different things to go to cons. That's But all. why
2: why weren't you in Crazy Rich Asians, Paul?
1: I was <laughs> doing Kim's Convenience.
2: Is it, is it, isn't that like the question that so many Asian actors get? Like, why no. weren't you in Crazy Rich Asians?
1: <laughs> I was I was doing Kim's Convenience. We were already trailblazing <laughs> when they came and hopped on our coattails. I was trying to be a troll. I'm sorry. Uh, Paul Sun Young Lee confirms <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians rode on our coattails. <laughs> Kim's convenience did it first.
0: And now you're on a podcast. Uh, you know, you're very fortunate. You can
1: cut people and fire them. <laughs> Pro- I made it. Uh, I saw the Batman finally. I haven't yet. The, um, Matt Reed's version. This is yeah. DC Universe. Anybody watch Batman? Anybody a fan of the Batman? Is I, just, I watched the Star Trek situation where it's like. I watched it. I no, love that. No, no.
2: I haven't watched it yet, but I plan to.
1: Okay. Did you see Kevin?
0: Yeah, I watched it in theater, and I know
1: it's on Crave right it's now. It's on Crave, yeah. And that's so I downloaded it, watched it on, like on the flight over. Tried to watch it, uh, three different time zones. Still <laughs> had to watch it. Like pick up the end of it while I was in Vancouver. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's great. Really loved it. Loved it because it was a not another freaking origin story. Mm-hmm. um it was a throwback to the comic book series which i love like a uh, lot of heavy influences from like batman year one which i adored uh, a lot of frank miller influences I thought the performances were great robert pattinson i thought was fantastic as a batman i think anybody who's like all hung up because he was like freaking edward on like uh twilight should like fucking honestly if, get if you watch him
2: and anything else like you could oh, see like what a talented actor he he's, is
1: he's spectacular yeah. and anybody who still holds it against him for twilight should grow up honestly yeah. grow up that was like 20 years ago almost shoot don't and, say that <laughs> hey truth hurts but no. it's like you gotta let that shit go like you're honestly putting him in a box for some, like, it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. People who still hold that against him is like, grow up, is what I want to say. Um, but uh, love the sound, uh, the, the musical element of it. my Michael, uh, Giacchino. Is that how you pronounce the name? Giacchino, he did uh, the sound for, right. <laughs> did, uh, for Lost, uh, for uh, Star Trek, for Star Wars. Uh, love, love, love his work as a composer. I thought nailed it. Uh, so many elements of that that I really, really, like, absolutely thought was fine. And I'm not a Batman, huge Batman fan. I'm not. Um, and so, like, I really, really enjoyed, find myself enjoying that, like, the movie. Um, because it was something that we haven't seen. It wasn't just Batman beating the shit out of guys for the entire movie. It was,
3: yeah.
1: he was solving a mystery he wasn't completely reactionary like a lot of the these movies are and uh it was really really cool to see a different take on the batman again so it's, i enjoyed it did um, you play the arkham arkham video games i did not i did okay not.
0: it was you know? kind of like all of the cinematics of the video game because in the game he would go when you go through the story, he'd find clues and and, and solve things more very right. detective focused, which this movie, like you said, it's very different in that way. and it's kind of like watching the game. but there there's some I mean, it is three hours. but I didn't feel that I, like, no,
1: even though I suggested that I watched it over three time zones and had to pick it up <laughs> the next day. but I like I still was so engaged with it and I honestly, didn't start it because I was like, "Oh, it's three hours. I've got some time." You know, it's it's like a four hour, four and a half hour flight from Toronto to Vancouver. I've got time and this and that, and I didn't start it till later. But it was just, it was one of those movies where I thought, "I'm gonna keep. I want to keep watching it. I want to keep." But now I'm exhausted because <laughs> all this time, and it wasn't because of the movie. It was because physically I was exhausted. Right, so watching it again, and I want to watch it again, and I think um, it was an enjoyable experience. It was really cool, and I've had—you yeah. don't have that—that that often when you have a three-three-hour movie where you kind of go, "Yeah, you know what? I think I'll watch it again." That says a lot,
0: especially for a character who's had like ten movies. Yeah.
1: You
3: know?
0: Oh God. And no yep. shortage of comic books, animated movies, things like that, TV yeah. shows. It's it's the fact that they were able to make it still
1: different and yeah. stand out yeah. for three hours. It's yeah. I think it's quite a feat. Well, I think the fact that you have such an iconic character and you haven't really, like you still have difficulty portraying him in that way. And I say that, you know, knowing full well you have the Tim Burton Batman. You have the Christopher Nolan Batman. You've got the Ben Affleck Batman. And then you have the Matt Reeves version of it. And each iteration of that Batman is so completely different. I think it's great. But I'm just so happy, again, and I said this before, it's not an origin story. No. Because it it felt like in almost every one of those, it was an origin story. Um, But this was the first time it was. He was the world's finest detective. And we never had that. You know, it's like, you know, we, we, when you look at Spider Man, you go, Oh God, how many times do I need to see Uncle Ben get shot? Yeah, dude? these are the characters you where know. you know, you know, it yeah. now, right? So it's like, let's, let's move on. And, it, but it did have that Frank Miller quality of Batman year one. He's established himself, he's out there, he's doing this. Like the first scene where the Batmobile fires up. Sorry, Yoko, I'm totally spoiling this music for you. I think you've been very vague. And yeah. not specific with yeah. plot points,
2: and probably not just for me. It just hit HBO Max here this week.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but
2: I'm not. I'm not too concerned. But <laughs> I'm not too concerned for myself. I yeah. am concerned Her if video. anyone else is listening.
1: Okay, yeah. listener, skip ahead to skip <laughs> ahead. Skip ahead. But uh, so is that, and then.
2: <laughs> so if I have three hours, am I watching the Batman or am I watching the Scarface?
0: Ooh.
2: Although, because right now I'm really deep in my partial Phase Four MCU rewatch, le- leading up to Multiverse of Madness. I'm afraid oh,
1: you're rewatching. Oh, good for you!
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yoko, have you seen yes. eighty-nine Batman?
2: I've seen all the Batman multiple okay. times. I've Just even read some Batman yep. comics. Thank you very much. That sound-
1: yeah, that sounded <laughs> pretty judgy, Kevin. Considering you, what do you mean? The guy who's never seen Gremlins, Ghostbusters. Um, I've seen... You've okay. seen him now.
0: Okay, so... Let's talk, about let's, looking- let's talk about
1: it. You finally saw Gremlins. And well, before we even do that, you couldn't find an English version of Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> so you saw Ghostbusters, which for me and Ernie and Yoko, we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you hadn't even seen the Ghostbusters? So I've seen,
0: it's another one of those where I've seen parts Bridget of it, it and then I know I've seen Ghostbusters too because oh. that painting scared yeah. the crap out of me as a kid and you know, the under sewer yeah. blowing With stuff. Slime. Yeah.
1: the slime. Weren't you the one that made that comment of wouldn't it be weird if I just saw Alien without saying it one, two, and this and that. So he, you made this point of... He did say that.
2: Yeah. He did say that. There's
1: no need to uh, yet, dwell on these things. And yet you saw Ghostbusters 2
2: without watching Ghostbusters.
0: I was a child. Mm. I had no control over these a things. A
2: child. That was a Ghostbusters 2 reference. That
1: was very funny. So you saw the Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> so I watched Ghostbusters. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I'm looking for I'm looking for gremlins on all the streaming platforms that are available to me. Uh, Amazon.
2: It was on HBO out here.
0: We don't up. have HBO down out here. here down here <laughs> uh, up there. Um, nothing on prime, nothing on Netflix, nothing huh. on Crave, which is a Canadian mix of everything. They had a French version which was obscene. like it's French audio. And not even English subtitles. They only had the French subtitles. So thank this you. This is a Quebec. bilingual
1: country, uh, Kevin. <laughs> you are yeah, so give me, both options. Give our me both options of viewers or listeners. That's it. Uh, this is the reason why this podcast tanks in Quebec. <laughs>
0: I'll check, I'll check our stats on uh
1: alors, La fromage est vert.
0: Um, so for whatever reason in that process when I search Gremlins in Netflix, it suggests, I guess, similar themes or movies from the same era, whatever. Ghostbusters came up. All right. Yeah, so Okay. Gremlins, please. Gremlins. Please, Let's talk um, about Gremlins.
1: So you finally saw Gremlins. You found an English version of Gremlins. Finally. Yeah. Like, how did it never you find to it? Me,
0: it never occurred to me that you could pay to rent a movie digitally. To me, it's like, yo, if it's not on streaming, I'm that's it. There's no other option. I'm already paying You're for all such these things. Such millennial.
1: You're such a millennial.
0: I've been to Blockbuster, so I don't know why like that whole concept escaped me. So you know, I found it. I watched it um, today, and I I realized, you know, you really love movies with nasty, weird eggs popping out. mucousy creatures and that like to eat people. Yeah. I mean, look at the streak that you recommended
3: (laughs) so far.
0: The thing, alien, um, Hmm. gremlin, gremlins. Gremlins. Thanks the thing, you big wuss.
2: No, Kev, aliens.
0: They were just coming out of humans. Alien, aliens
2: totally confused me about gremlins, too. I keep thinking it's gremlin and gremlins now, too.
0: Yeah. That whole oh, naming convention. I right? know
2: that this is a confusing thing to watch back, back to back.
3: <laughs> now Paul's okay, angry.
2: You know what? Okay, Paul. So I actually rewatched. I actually rewatched Gremlins. Okay. And um, the, most of the second half, I don't didn't seem familiar to me at all. So I'm like, did I not watch the, all of it? Maybe you didn't. But because like I remembered, I remembered the beginning. I remember at the beginning up until okay. like when they started. When the when the um the gremlins the started one. the yeah yeah when the bad ones started popping up I kind of remembered up to that point and then yeah a lot of the you know the the rising action part like I don't really, i like I was like I feel like I've never seen this part before but then the very and, but then the ending I had seen so I'm like maybe oh. I fell asleep, maybe I fell asleep in the middle I don't know maybe you did. I've definitely seen Gremlins two though I know that
1: yes well Gremlins two is it's so different. Yeah. From the first one, right? The first yeah. one was very, like, Gremlins 2 was, they really, the Gremlins took the spotlight. Yeah. In terms of.
2: More hijinks.
1: Yeah. And they, they, they yeah. really found that, and they found that audiences really loved, you know, in Gremlins, the first movie, it was like that whole movie theater scene. Or when they were in Dory's bar, where yeah. they were all, like, at, they're, they're acting like the, the basest sort of bits of humanity they found it hilarious, right? right? It's like, oh my God, these creepy little creatures and that one's cheating at poker. And he got just, sh- he just got shot because he was cheating. Mm-hmm. And there was one that was <laughs> a flasher and it, like yeah. all these different things, you kind of go, yeah. oh, okay. And for Gremlins 2, they they really did, you know, uh, they expanded on that like exponentially. Mm-hmm. But the first Gremlins, in terms of setting up that protagonist and the antagonist, cause you had Gizmo, Who was that wise mogwai who was very much, he knew nothing good was gonna come from it. And there was like, you know, there was Stripe who had the mohawk. And they very definitely set that up as like, this is the asshole mogwai who becomes the gremlin and this and that. But it was like the storytelling I thought was uh, a lot of fun. Again, you were talking about Kevin, Billy's mom going all ham. There it is. She was like, "You're not gonna mess with me," and I love that.
0: There is a a backstory there that needs to be explored. She was she's got to be like a secret agent, or <laughs> she's in witness protection because once they hatch, you know, it it gets they they show her looking up to the attic. There's a lot of noise, and her first instinct is to pick up this giant knife, which I don't know why she had two, when she was making two knives. No, the first was one knife, oh. which I don't know why she needed for gingerbread cookies when she was decorating them, but sure. And then her instinct is just kill. She murks the first one in the blender and then turns around, stabs. She's the punisher. She's basically the punisher. Stabs the other one, microwaves
1: the third one. Who thinks of this?
2: I like so, this theory that she's a former... More.
1: And and but you're right. I mean, Billy's mom. That's but that's an '80s mom right there. She she knows nothing. She's seen the eggs. She knows how nasty it is. Yeah, she was you cool with Look at dude. those things. Like, are you honestly gonna go? Oh, let's be friends. No, these things are nasty. They're like, Aah. and you see that, like that, that that creepy scaly thing inside. Yeah, you turn that blender on. That one gremlin <laughs> scratched her and was like throwing knives and shit at her plates. <laughs> Yeah, you stabbed that mofo, right? You're the one in the microwave. Yeah, you blow that asshole up. That's what you do. You're in my house, and that's what I love. She was like, "You're in my house. This is this is." She's not gonna take any guff. But I love the
0: contrast. The contrast of that was back at the bar. It's is it Kate? Yes. She's not really that scared of what's going on. In fact, she's. She's acting like it's a really busy, normal bar night. She's she's busting her ass to get them more drinks, to top up their drinks and get them more stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this not off-putting to her. <laughs> she's just
1: well, this is really busy you know, tonight. I think absolutely it's off-putting, but like there's so many of them there. What's she gonna do?
2: She's like she's trying to keep them happy, right? Yeah, she's in like <laughs> total
1: defensive mode. It's like I'll keep you, I will keep like this, this keeps you from killing me. Absolutely. Yeah. Get them drunk but when she <laughs> figures out a way to like freak them out with the with the polaroid camera she uses it to her advantage right yeah so really it, it's about her adapting and surviving in the you know in mm-hmm. that environment so i don't know what your um, beef is kevin
0: yeah I so
2: just, you uh, didn't you didn't really like it you didn't really like grim ones
1: it
0: was entertaining but i couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be like what type of movie but then i didn't want to I didn't want to watch it and be like, oh, it has to be this genre. So I'm watching like, what is the target here? Are we meant to laugh or be scared or both? It was just, uh, but it was, it was entertaining. But I also questioned Paul and his fetish for weird slimy eggs. What,
2: what, what, how do you categorize that movie? What do you call it? It's a horror comedy. Is it a horror comedy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a Christmas movie. Yeah, sure. It can be all that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah, I didn't want horror, to put it in a, a box.
2: It's a horror comedy set
1: during Christmas. Yeah. And Kevin, I'm sorry you're so dead inside that you can't figure <laughs> out should I be called should I be scared, or should I be laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry that you were so dead inside. You can't. No, that's that the out. thing.
0: There was too many emotions going on too that I emotions. didn't know.
1: All the feels from an '80s movie. I need that monochromatic. The Batman. He is detective. Yeah. What am I watching? joyless
2: it didn't it didn't make you want a little gizmo of your own
0: no uh and i think that that's (laughs) what i'm gonna rate movies on from now on is do i want (laughs) toys because a lot of this stuff you know coming from this era um there's a lot of nostalgia and and a lot of fan bases over the years right so there's definitely gonna be merchandise and toys and us being collectors and the point of this podcast Mm -hmm. mostly i'd be like do i want toys of this you know after Mm -hmm. watching alien Aliens. I bought some Super 7 reaction stuff. So that's going to be one of my... Is it toy worthy?
1: Is I think so. So, so. Is it, is it shelf has a, worthy? NECA's come out with some really great sculpts. I actually have a couple of them for mm-hmm. the Gremlins. The Gremlins. Uh, out there. <laughs> Get it right. You've got the, you know, the, the, the Gizmo... Not Gizmo. Uh, uh, stripe. That version of the transformed uh, Gremlins. There's a flasher? There is a flasher. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Which is great. So, like, I have them. But maybe it is one of those nostalgia. Is it in that wheelhouse? I mean, there are certain movies that people grew up watching. And they went, oh, my God, this is so brilliant. Like Grease. I saw Grease. Everybody was, like, going, oh, or, or even Dirty Dancing. And it's like, yeah, I never really watched it during that era where it was big. Patrick Swayze was big. You watch it now and you're like, I don't get it. Nobody puts baby in a corner, cool.
0: What emotion, know,
1: but if you grow up with it, it, it becomes one of those core memory things. You go, Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Nobody, nobody puts baby in a corner, <laughs> you know. And it's just like for maybe for gremlins, that's what it is. I myself had a huge crush on Phoebe Cates. I thought, Oh my god, like I loved her, like I had a huge crush on her, and so it's like you see that and it's like yeah this from gremlins
2: or from fast times
1: from gremlins really Okay. fast times because i didn't figure I, I didn't even realize she was in fast Times. so afterwards and then it was just like oh my god i got to see your boobs like, like <laughs> it's like that weird thing right but it felt wrong but wait like, what before... is this a science folder thing <laughs> it's a science folder thing oh, okay
2: have you seen the music video for stacy's mom kev yeah, yeah. okay that's basically fast times.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Adding to the science folder. Um...
1: <laughs> For Gremlins, what I loved about it too was it the fact that it was that sort of mashup of horror comedy, much like Ghostbusters, which you saw. Now, were you confused as well whether you should laugh at Ghostbusters or be scared at Ghostbusters? Or because think... that was pretty much in the same vein, I think.
0: I think that uh that meter was very much in the comedy zone and and really? the and the ghosts were more it's just the to the vessel it wasn't it wasn't meant to lean on the the horror parts for me
2: like i can watch gremlins and ghostbusters by myself at night with the lights off yeah that's my judge yeah
0: Can't uh imagine. paul you're a huge simpsons fan <laughs> before before we move on from gremlins you're a huge simpsons fan you know yeah. the scene when Homer goes and the gets the crusty doll from one of the treehouse episodes. Yeah. And then there's yeah, like the, uh, yeah, the yeah, the ancient mysterious uh Asian dude selling stuff. Is that what this is based
1: off of? Yes. That guy okay. is totally like, but he it is made with sodium bicarbonate. That's bad. Right? Like the whole thing where he's he's talking about absolutely that was Key Luke who okay. played you know, the, the Ian Gremlins, the original owner of the Mogwai, uh, yes, the Simpsons were parodying that that entire bit right there. Because okay, it great. had a curse. It's like, you are not ready for this. You have mm-hmm. to. And it was the, the grandson that sold the Mogwai to Billy. Right? So, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if the Simpsons wants to parody it, especially earlier Simpsons, then you know it's gold. It's good, yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and that's that's my barometer right there.
0: Um, and to me, you know, I saw them. They were like in Chinatown, the very opening scene. And I'm just waiting for them to speak. And I'm like, oh, they. They didn't make them, you know, given that it was in the past and I've never seen this, like, you know, however many years ago, I'm like, oh, they didn't have an accent or anything. I figured like they would have an Asian character. I thought he'd be more closer to The Simpsons shopkeeper guy that we were just talking about but i'm like oh this is great the kid the grandson did you expect the grandson to have an accent yeah i expected all of them to really yeah it's like an old movie i didn't
2: know i just expected it yeah
1: an 80 an old (laughs) this kills me it's a movie from the 80s it's an old movie (laughs) yeah you know what it is It is, remember that really old movie. A-Win? But you know, Kevin, this isn't like the nineteen forties where it's like a Charlie Chan where they have some white dude in yellow face going, Oh, very good for you. Like no. I mean Good. Of I'm course glad. this kid I'm wasn't glad. gonna have
2: an accent. He grew up in America. They I feel like at the 'cause so then I so I watched the opening of Gremlins Two just to remember how that one started. Again, just to why is that so funny to you?
0: Because you're always talking about Gremlins too. Whenever no, were talking.
2: no, this is this is relevant because then they kind of make fun of those tropes. though. because I yeah. forget he says the you know old man says something, and he's like, oh, where'd you get that from, Confucius or Bruce Lee? <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. like they're kind of they kind of are like aware and making fun of that, right?
1: And, and that's the beauty of Gremlins oh, yeah. too is they take those tropes. It's like the whole Phoebe Case thing you know in gremlins she talks about how she why she doesn't like uh, christmas oh right. and she's got that story about her dad going down <laughs> and breaking his neck and they they think the cat died and they pull his her dad out of the fucking chimney and in gremlins 2 they totally flip it and make fun of it she goes oh i didn't you know and she has this other like really sort of overly earnest monologue and they're like yeah yeah okay and they make fun of that and that that's the thing that I loved about Gremlins 2 is that it's so self-aware.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they know, okay, we're not gonna give you more of the same. We're actually gonna take what was really sort of like moving or like sort of uh, um, groundbreaking, not even groundbreaking, it's like against the, 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 the norm of the first movie and we're gonna flip it and kind of go, yeah, we totally understand how schlocky this was. Now we're gonna play this up. So it's more of a parody, the second movie. Uh, and I, that's what I loved about it is the fact that they were so self-aware in the second movie. And they knew mm. they were they, – it wasn't more of the same old, same old, which I appreciated as a fan. Because it's like, you know, how many, how many iterations of a movie do you need to see where the formula is exactly the same, the characters are exactly the same? Mm. It, it, you know, it, it, I love that, that self-awareness. And I think that's what keeps stuff fresh and um yeah gremlins 2 i mean that's that's the thing they only made two of those
2: movies but there's and a gremlins prequel coming is there really yeah i just googled, i was like wait wait. i, I just googled it cuz i thought i remembered reading that is the rock starring me. in it it's oh god <laughs> no it's animated okay um it's going to be on hbo max in the us it's set in it's set in 1920s shanghai 1920s Secret Secrets of the Mogwai will tell the story of how ten year old Sam oh, Wing met Gizmo.
0: I was gonna oh. in my head. I was thinking Legend of the the Mogwai. So close, so close. Secrets uh, of the
2: Mogwai. Yeah, his it little air on Cartoon Network. Nice.
0: Oh, I'll watch um, that. That's cool. I'll watch that too. I want to see some nineteen twenties Shanghai.
2: Oh! Ming-Na Wen's in it. Her voice. Her, Her voice,
0: voice is in it. Her voice is in it. Also, Howie Mandel was a, a Was he Gizmo? Was he? Yeah, he's in the credits as a gremlin. You're you're googling Yoko. I'll just edit this part out
1: anyway.
2: Yeah, he was Gizmo. Bye, Billy. Do I know any? James Hong is in it too.
1: Yeah, James Hong. He played the. uh...
2: He's the old guy, right?
1: No, Key Luke was the old guy.
2: No, no, I mean, I mean, uh, like that's what he plays these days. Is the old guy, right? He's grandpa grandpa wing in this, in the in the spin-off in the
0: he's, in, he's in like a hundred movies, like yeah. hundreds
2: of yeah, yeah, movies, yeah.
1: right? He's like the He's Asian. in um
2: Big Trouble, another one that he's yeah. in a bunch of other movies that, that uh He's
1: that he's Lo Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. Shut up, Mr. Burton. You will not put on this uh to get it. He's great.
2: That's that's pretty good.
0: Is he just Asian Sam Jackson? Like, he's just been in the industry yeah, forever. Yeah, no, man. He's like freaking... Hundreds of movies. a Hollywood royalty.
2: Oh my yeah. god, so I love that. <laughs> I love that comparison, though. 93 years old.
0: Yeah. I just know him from Wayne's World. That's oh him, god. right? As uh, Tia Career's dad? Yeah. And wasn't part of him, like, dubbed... Like, didn't they do yeah. subtitles at yeah. one
3: point? Yeah,
0: yeah. Paul, you mentioned uh, your incredible crush on... Phoebe Cates yes. while you were uh, in this movie. And then I told you um, watching Ghostbusters yeah, right after Alien.
1: Sigourney I'm like, Beaver.
0: man, I think I have a small crush on Sigourney Weaver
1: just yeah. 30 years too late. No, I mean, Sigourney Weaver, good lord. She's I mean, she's still absolutely gobsmackingly gorgeous. Um, and talented, and like a super actor, and it, it's just, it's incredible, like, you see her and she was iconic in all these movies like Alien, Ghostbusters, like you said, right? And yeah, um, yeah no, I don't blame you. Yeah, why not? I just, it's like, only with Grace Kelly. It's like, you look at her and go, oh my god. The the body work, and the, the, the level of talent, and you, you, when you see them, that's the other thing, you see them captured in time, right. in these films, and you're like, yeah, how could you not fall in love with her or have a crush on her? So. Yeah, I felt kind she, of bad. Plus
2: she's such a badass. Yeah, Don't forget
1: strong. Absolutely. Yeah, strong, really intelligent. I mean, it did so many fantastic qualities. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry. I, I mean, that was a given for Sigourney Weaver. When mm-hmm. I think of her, it's always uh, she's always been like such a strong, uh, like heroic heroine type thing Mm -hmm. um just like somebody who's never been a damsel in distress uh and and that's that's what i what i love about her it's just just the strength of character and and she's absolutely like super sexy and just like uh super smart and there's all these great qualities where it's like yeah damn like i'd be looking for sigourney weaver to protect me i don't need to rush in to help her it's just like (laughs) i need help sigourney where are you like fuck right
2: so sweep me yeah. off my feet type <laughs> of thing save us sigourney yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> rick moranis was awesome too in ghostbusters his his
1: character mm-hmm. was hilarious originally you know who it was supposed to be john candy they'd all be supposed to be john candy and uh They were like, "Mm, no, because he had a lot of weird ideas. He wanted his character, he wanted Louis Tully to speak with a German accent and have two little dogs. And they're like, "Mm, (laughs) maybe we'll move on. Hey, Rick, what are you doing? Same thing. uh, Ernie Hudson, uh, who played Winston Zedmore, that part was supposed to be for Eddie Murphy. And he was much, it was a much bigger part in the original. And uh, they whittled that part down.
0: Yeah, because he just showed
1: up and he's like, I just want work. Well, he was originally supposed to be ex-military and he had a much bigger part in it. And then, yeah, it just, once, it because Eddie Murphy was busy shooting like Beverly Hills Cop and, you know, becoming a a mega movie star. So they lost him to that. And Slimer was based on John Belushi.
2: (laughs) I met Ernie Hudson at a con and I was like in line with my friend who was. Who wanted to, you know, to, to get a photo and autograph from him. And I was just kind of just there in line. And when it was our turn, or you know, it was my friend's turn in line, really, he looks at me and he was like, Hey there. it was like the warmest smile. And he's like, Come in, come here. And he gives me this huge hug. It was like such a warm, welcoming thing that I was like, my first instinct was like, Wait, do I know him? Like, but you know, like it was like a greeting you would give a friend, like someone that right. you know, you you know, and I was like. Like, seriously, my brain got so confused. Or I was like, I must know this man from somewhere in my life. And I can't remember how I know him. Like, so, you know, that's what I always think of. And I was like, how amazing that interaction. Like, I wasn't even the one waiting in life. <laughs> To, to meet him you know i was just kind of there and it was like that and like that's how he was with everyone it wasn't just mm-hmm. me you know i i realized as i watched him with the next people oh but um uh, but, <laughs> but in that moment where i was like wait do i know this guy from somewhere actually is he my dad's friend like you know like,
0: like <laughs> oh I <thought> you <laughs> said, is he my dad <laughs> is he my dad's friend <laughs> how's his handshake
2: I don't even know if I shook his hand. I got a nice, I got a great hug, though. A 10 out of 10 hug. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Confirmed. Yoko McCann confirms. Ernie Hudson, 10 out of 10 hugs.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is he my dad's (laughs) friend? (laughs) I did feel bad, though, watching this and watching Ghostbusters and then ghostbuster because ghostbusters 2 is with the s um but as i'm watching it and realizing more and more that i that i haven't seen it in its entirety i'm like ah do i do i even tell them and you know i made the mistake of letting you all know and of course yoko decides to broadcast it to her twitch stream like oh yeah i, I did. You did i don't yeah. remember
2: it came up somehow it came up somehow I can't remember. (laughs) I mean guys, I just found out Kevin's never seen Ghostbusters. That
0: that doesn't sound like it just came up organically. Yeah, maybe it
2: didn't. I don't remember, honestly.
0: Absolutely not. But you know, it's one of those things. I I know the major plot points and and imagery, the characters. It's just I'm sorry. I just I had some toys. I have
1: pretty disappointed (laughs) I was pretty disappointed like really? I'm a work in progress you do stuff where it's like (laughs) pop culture related and you haven't seen Ghostbusters?
2: like you just slid it into conversation so casually too (laughs) but I never
0: talk about that stuff you know there's new product reveals I'm I'm not out there talking out of my ass like I feel like
2: we have talked about Ghostbusters
0: I'll Whether probably... live
2: or or not live, Ghostbusters has come up
0: She's every, now and, truth.
2: She's every now and then.
0: there are plot points where I do I do know, so it's just I haven't seen it.
2: Did you see Afterlife? Z- no, that would be weird. <laughs> watch Afterlife, but well, you should watch it now. Yeah,
1: watch Afterlife. I will. I intend to. I'm curious to see how that would stand up because I know for Afterlife, for me, the nostalgia factor was huge in it. The vibe of the movie, because I love the original Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. and I liked the, the 2016 reboot. I did. I really did. I didn't have a problem with that version of it. And I don't like all the misogyny and all the, 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 uh, you know, the fan, butthurt fanboys going, yeah, it wasn't the Ghostbusters. It's like, fuck it, come on. I still enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And so it would be interesting to see what your take on Afterlife would be. Okay. Having just recently seen Ghostbusters. Um, and if it really was just for me, like a nostalgia trip. Right. Down, like, oh my God. Maybe it was just, because I thought for me, it hit all those notes. I cried during that movie i cried during the the i did a i did a reaction uh video of the trailer i cried during that and it was just like so i'm curious to see what somebody who's just recently watched it for the first time mm-hmm. and has a you know w- what your reaction to it would be so i think that that'd be a really cool thing to just sort of to discuss how much nostalgia really re sort of lends itself into these movies because gremlins for me that's a nostalgia thing you were like meh which is valid i think no honestly it's valid because i get it same Mm -hmm. thing for me for like you know uh dirty dancing or freaking grease for all these movies where it was like oh it's like i watched them later i'm like meh and do you need to be part of that like generational wave when it first came out to really be affected is it just a nostalgia kick or are these really good movies and I think that's I an it. interesting question was Gremlins a good movie did you think it was a good movie at the end
0: damn that's a good it's you such know? a simple question but it's tough yeah. there were parts of it that were entertaining but I don't know if I would
2: it's such a hard question in general though like you know like, Everyone's gonna what does me what does this. good mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, and, and it's Did a you, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like was in your opinion, was it a good movie? Did you enjoy it more than you didn't? Were there parts of it where you were like, oh my god, this is like were you were affected or not? I mean, and, and that's the thing, and it's going to be deeply personal for a lot of people. I mean, the thing I was like, Oh my god, how could you not? And you were like affected by that movie. Yeah. And I love that. You're like, this is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) all the texts and stuff coming out, right? Right. I love that. I love seeing the visceral reaction (laughs) you had to this movie. Like I love that. I think it was great. And that's what I was thinking. And so for Alien, it was like it didn't register with you the same way. And I love that. Like, and that's part of it. It's just like watching people's reaction to it. It's not like, oh my God, you didn't love it. Fuck you. Come on. (laughs) That's oh. what the internet. That's what the internet is for. <laughs> I know exactly, right? And that's the thing. But the joy for me is sharing these and saying, "You need to watch these." Tell me what you think, and if it doesn't hit you on a certain level, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's, it shouldn't be like, "Well, fucking Kevin's an idiot because he didn't like." It's none of that. It should never be that.
0: Well, not for this Even reason. You are
1: no. no he's only an idiot it for not watching. There it, it is. No. Yeah. But I mean, that, and that's that's why it's like. For me, that's the interesting thing about fandom. It's it's never the it's never so cut and dry. It shouldn't be. It really is about what connections you make for it. It's about sharing these experiences, hoping that the other person who's watching it has that same reaction to it. But it's not going to happen all the time. If it does happen, that's awesome. If it doesn't, that's not. It it's never going to affect my own experience with that film. My relationship with these these things it shouldn't never be but what it for fandom for me it's like hey I love this movie when I was a kid I still love it you haven't seen it check it out check it out and if you don't connect it with it that way that's cool too because that's still a fun conversation to have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. is that's what fandom the most positive parts of fandom should be sharing these things and discussing whether you liked it whether you didn't and having fun with it that's it. Uh, but we've become so binary sometimes, I think, nowadays with the internet. Like you said, Yoko. It's like, that's what the internet's for. Call you an idiot if you didn't like it. It's like, fuck. <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem. It's just right. like, holy shit. Like, you're allowed to not like gremlins. You are. Right? You're allowed to not feel that connection with certain things. And it's that's a personal experience. We should never feel beholden to like something because everybody else likes it. Like honestly, if you have good criticisms, if you have certain things that point, salient points that you can break up, bring up to say didn't connect, awesome, let's talk about that. That's fun to talk about. That really is much more fun than you liked it. You liked it too. It's like, Ugh. and then we go off. It's like, come on, right?
0: The um, the point you mentioned about afterlife. I kind of yeah. felt the same way coming out of Spider-Man: No Way Home. Oh, was it a good movie, or was I just
3: mm-hmm. very mm-hmm.
0: emotional coming out of there, seeing characters that you know I've I've known for so long? Yeah. Um, and I was with my friend Jason, and he was with his son, and I I wondered the same thing: if his son didn't grow up on those those Spider-Men like I did, mm-hmm. was this movie good? Or was it? Was he just like, oh, who are these? Oh, these are just other Spider Men. You yeah. know, it's not. It's not uh, a Spider Man that we've seen saving MJ and watching, watching uh, Gwen Stacy die and go through that. Was yeah. it still good for this person? And I, can, I have to imagine if, you know, the, watching Andrew Garfield act in No Way Home. It's like, mm. please tell me it's still good and it stands on its own, on its own uh, accord that. Mm. It's not just nostalgia. So
1: but I you know what? And and part of that journey of nostalgia is as well understanding the context in which these characters play, right? So, like with like you're saying, Kevin, with Spider-Man, if they haven't watched the Andrew Garfield, if they haven't watched the Toby McGuire, chances are they won't get a lot of the references or the understand the emotionality of, spoiler alert, Andrew Garfield saving MJ. And that moment, like, I almost burst into tears. I get, like, like,
2: you just, you're just talking about it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, about I did both about times. That moment. Yeah, yeah, and
1: yeah. him saying, like, and she, her looking at him going, are you okay? And, like, seeing him, like, I'm getting emotional thinking about that right now. And it's yeah. just, like, because you know the context behind that. Yeah. If you're a kid who's never seen that, you're like, what, what's up with him? Like, that's a moment that just sort of goes by. And so that's when you talk about movies with that have the nostalgia factor f- put in versus, as, as well, knowing the context behind all the stuff that's going on. Yes, it is fan-based. Yes, it is this and that. But really, it's made for the fans when you have those moments built in there. And that's what for Ghostbusters Afterlife, same context. It's built in for the fans, these moments where you are aware of them and you have that. I mean, I didn't have that emotional connection to Andrew Garfield and uh, Gwen Stacy dying. I didn't. It's like, oh, that's so sad. But seeing it in Spider-Man No Way Home and knowing what it meant to him and how that version of himself saving MJ mm-hmm. sparked a huge emotional response in me.
2: Yeah, You know, and and that's
1: because there was something intrinsically human about that moment. And Andrew Garfield played that moment so beautifully. My God. It was just like, oh, it just hit all those things. And it's like, is that nostalgia? Because I honestly, when I saw the Andrew Garfield movies, I enjoyed them. And I knew Gwen Stacy was going to die because I knew some of the comic books and stuff like that didn't affect me as much. But seeing that moment, I still get reclaimed about it. So what is that? What about that affects us so much as yeah. moviegoers? I think that's a great conversation to have. I think for the
0: viewer who hasn't seen those uh, the previous versions of it, all they yeah. know from that specific movie was that he's from another timeline and he lost somebody in that timeline so you know it's interesting given that information and you see him save mj and his his facial reaction Mm -hmm. does that viewer get the same reaction maybe not but it's still a credit to the filmmakers who like who are like hey if this is just for the fans who know this Mm
3: -hmm.
0: but they're still able to extract that reaction from us that's still yeah i think that's still doing the job
1: yeah and for me, it's it's Andrew Garfield's performance in that it, moment. One hundred
2: percent, yeah.
1: He sells that, and you know how much it means to him, and how much has affected him. And that's that's a th- and again, you go back to basic storytelling. It's the performances too that sell everything. You can take a yeah. little moment that can be glossed over and you can turn it into something that is that, you know, monumentally, you look at Andrew Garfingo, something very important, very moving happened for him. And you might not know that movie, but then it'll make you want to see that movie to go. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened to make you <laughs> feel like that? Right. So that's great. I, I think that's, that's amazing. That's magic.
0: Yeah. That's movie magic. I went to go back and rewatch Amazing Spider-Man after No Way Home. Yeah. Noticing, like you said, the first time watching it, was like, eh, okay. But then rewatching after that scene, Andrew Garfield plays an amazing Peter Parker. He, just the, the bad luck of having the not-so-great villains for mm-hmm. a superhero blockbuster, whereas Toby had all the Spider-Man A-listers, but what's going to sell, right? An action movie. No one's going to go see Spider-Man for the acting. Mm. Right? You want to see Spider-Man face off against the supervillain. It's like mm. Chris Rock says, no one goes to Hooters for the wings. Like, it just, if that's not what the focus <laughs> is. So, um, so that's the unfortunate thing. Like
1: To be fair, the perfect. wings are very good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so
0: are... So was Andrew Garfield's acting. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They were in the seats to see comic book heroes face off.
1: My issue with Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker was he was just too cool. Peter Parker was never Mm -hmm. that cool. And that was the only thing. And I loved Andrew Garfield's performance in it. But it was just for me, it was just like Peter Parker was always this outsider who was just, you know, just couldn't fit in. He was just this guy that was just so socially awkward. Mm -hmm. And for me, Andrew Garfield was just like, this guy should be the most popular guy in school. The way he acted Mm -hmm. was just like, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. And they all were like, just, it just seemed so much more mature. Whereas, and I think that's why Tom Holland is one of my favorites is because he hits that perfect balance of awkward teenage, sort of like bad choices Things that are just piling up. And, and, and this is what I like about it because he seems more like a teenager than Toby, Toby McGuire or Andrew Garfield ever were. And that's why I kind of like, I loved Tom Holland's version of it and like the fact that he had friends and had like Ned Leeds played brilliantly. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, is it Jason? Jacob. Jacob. Uh, yeah. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love him. Like that whole Marvel the uh, Legends two pack, I want to get just for Ned. The Tom oh, Holland I, thing is like, yeah, in sure. garbage. Ned <laughs> looks whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get nuts.
2: <laughs> don't throw him in the
1: garbage. <laughs> it doesn't look like he. It's not a good sculpt <laughs> for Tom Holland. For Ned, he looks spot fucking on. No, I'm just saying
0: <laughs> I'll buy it off you. You don't have to, <laughs> in it. <laughs> Whether you like it, the sculpt. Um I don't
1: even collect Marvel Legends. I'll get it just for Ned. If they had a hot toy of just Ned, I would buy that. I'd buy (laughs) five of those. Sorry, Anna.
2: (laughs) Five of them.
1: By Mm, accident, I would buy five. Kevin, your assignment. It's always Kevin's assignment. Yeah, Yoko. It's me on the whole group project. Yoko's already seen it. (laughs) Yoko's ahead of the curve. You are the one in the remedial class that needs to catch up. But here is your assignment, your homework assignment is to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, not on your phone, in the bathroom, on a big screen, but I want you to watch it after having seen Ghostbusters. Maybe you should brush up on GB2, Ghostbusters 2 as well, um, just to sort of fill in those those blanks, Because, but I want you to watch Afterlife and let me know, is it a good movie in your opinion? Or, uh, j- or is it just nostalgia? Is it just riding on nostalgia for me? Because I loved it. I thought it hit every note perfectly for me. For this franchise that I'm heavily invested in. I built the Proton Pack. I cosplay as a Ghostbuster. I love the movie. I want you to watch Afterlife. You have two Haslabs ordered. I have two Haslabs. Yeah, I got two Proton Packs coming in via Haslab. I did that on purpose, Anna. Um. And uh, yeah, I want you to I, I want to know your opinion. Is it just riding on nostalgia? Was it a good movie or d- did it affect you much in the same way Spider-Man No Way Home hit us in the feels? So l- I was, let me know.
2: I was going to suggest Gremlins 3, Son of Gremlin.
1: It's got to be in Spanish. Hermio <laughs> the the her, her, her gremlin,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm going to get some messages for that one, Paul.
1: Well, you can cut it then. <laughs> Damn it. Hit the magic button. Hit the magic button. Okay. I'm
0: going to get all the messages for what? You just watched Ghostbusters?
3: Yeah.
1: Maybe it's not real people, it's entertainment, you know. It's And it'll be a double whammy cuz we I want to hear your thoughts on Ghostbusters. And then Let's talk about Ghostbusters after. Well,
2: let's let's just watch all the Ghostbusters.
1: Just okay. All, all
2: right. Yeah.
0: I'm busy. I have a lot of stuff to do next week. Not. Oh yeah. He's getting Ghostbusters. Nup- That's not a word. Such <laughs> a crutch. Such nup- a crutch. Nuptialized. Um, <laughs> okay. So we we've done every movie, every genre tonight. Stuff that we didn't even plan on. Spider Man. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. I think it's time to uh, to call it yeah. and save some save some conversation for next week if the prospect's back. Yerny. Yerny. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's Yoko Ernie, and Ernie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just like he um, called you yoga. Oh my yeah,
3: God. He called-
0: you want to wrap it up and then do the outro or you want me to wrap it up and you do the outro? Oh,
2: What's the difference between wrapping it up and the outro?
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so the homework for next week will be Ghostbusters Afterlife and Yoko, bring it
3: home.
2: Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, whatever platform you're on. Hit that thumbs up, as our friend Ernie would say. Give us that like, give us that follow. Thank you so much. This is not even funny anymore. This is not even funny. I'm doing a good job, guys. We're all doing, we're all doing a great job. We're, we're doing great. Everything's fine. Everything's fine.